Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Justin Robert Young Podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young, coming to you live from the studio. We're not on the mobile rig. We're in the studio because I got a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know him from the Trending Lemon Podcast. You know him from Night Attack. You know him from Weird Things. You know him from Cord Killers. Bryce Nash Tom. Nash Tom. Neshkam Castillo, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you on. Yeah. So we've been talking about this thing on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fascination with the criticism of Game of Thrones, specifically, that not enough people or the right people are dying uh, the blood in the lust. finals. The bloodlust yeah. of the final season. Have you noticed this criticism as well? I have had this criticism. This is your criticism. I have this criticism. You have this criticism. Yes, because I found one. <laughs> you got one. I found one. You no, because I asked about it because I know this is around, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I asked people and everybody has their own like, well, you know, like because I made a, 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 a comment on the, on the episode on Monday mm-hmm. where I was like, well, you know, like it's not like on Friends people want all the friends to die by the end, right? Sure. And, I, and I, like that was a weird analogy, and everybody seized on that of like, no, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones are different because characters die on that show. And I get it. Uh, sure I can. understand. You, but we have three episodes to go. <laughs> but you know what What it is for me is that on, mul- mul- on multiple occasions with that show, I've been told this is not, ha- not a happy ending. Like you can't be expecting the good stuff. We when we were talking about um court about Game of Thrones on Cord Killers the week before yeah. the Battle of Winterfell, um, I walked away. We we kind of ended that conversation going. So they're gonna lose this battle, right? Like there's no way that they keep Winterfell and they defeat the the Night King. But to everyone's, are, it's it's okay to talk about talk <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to uh, to kind kind of to the surprise, the good guys win. Yeah. And which was unexpected. It is unexpected. Which theoretically is what you want in a show <laughs> full of surprises, right? Sure. It's it's just it, it it's also the good guys winning. Yeah. Ah, that would be weird. That's gonna be a weird thing to get acclimated to with Game of Thrones if the good guys. It was win. one. All right, number one. Okay. This is not a change of pace if you look at the big battles. All right, sure. Battle of Blackwater, the good guys win. Mm-hmm. Battle of the Bastards, the, the good, good guys, guys win. win. Battle of Winterfell, the good guys win. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the big battles, sure. the 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 pace of the show has always been at tremendous odds in greatest darkness, the good guys pull through. Well, okay. So they then, have, they have gone through these. They always mm-hmm. get pushed to game seven. Yeah, but yeah. they always win the elimination game. I just I it it's. I, I guess it has trained me to expect the unexpected. But I guess here's my it, point. It has trained me to expect the unconventional unfolding of events, right? Yes. The, the unconventional unfolding of events would be. Well, no, no, I, I would. I would actually disagree because I think I, I agree with on unexpected. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with unconventional because uh, uh, maybe uh, outside of the battles, though, right? Like I think you do yes. have a good point with the big battles, right? But, well, I think like main characters die when you don't expect them to. Mm-hmm. Like for those who are you know at, at the point of the books or or in the show, when Rob Stark gets gets killed, beheaded, yeah, like you're like, oh Jesus! Like I I in I no way saw that was coming. Right. Like like that was just 
you know, yes, it was mm-hmm. things were dicey, but like I didn't see Catelyn Stark and Rob Stark and and his and his wife all getting murdered at the same time. Like that's mm-hmm. that was out of nowhere. But it wasn't like a battle between the Starks and the Freys. Sure. Yeah, I. Hmm. It ah, uh, I maybe it's maybe it's that there's nothing. There, maybe that it's because that there was no big suddenness to it, right? I think I guess Arya's big turn at the end of that episode, at the yeah. end of the the Battle of Winterfell, is is a very sort of you've forgotten about her. We've forgotten about her since she was being Solid Snake, and now yeah. she comes at the last minute to be the two of the one two punch. Um, so that I mean that moment, I I was watching it like at midnight because I we were doing something here and I couldn't watch it until then. Uh, and I was like whooping and hollering in yeah. my apartment. Just yeah. Like, yeah, I like I rewatched it like three times because it's a it's a really good moment. It's a great moment. Yeah. Um, but what if also Jon Snow died? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I the thing is, like, I, I, I would get it if that were the final episode. OK, I would get it if people are like, all right, too many people lived through this show. Mm-hmm. The point of this show was. Death, destruction, the Game of Thrones—you know, the, the uh, either you uh, win or you die. Like that—that's been kind of the, mm-hmm. the 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 mantra from the very first season. So I would get it if it were by the end, but it's not the end. It, it, it's like it's like, like look, that was a big moment, yeah. and I like you was expecting some kind of like uh, a push. It felt around. like a given that either Daenerys or Jon Snow would be dead at the end of this battle. Like no, I, see I, that that I don't agree with. I think well, it's like that we were always going to get to a point mm-hmm. where they were simpatico until the throne is empty, mm-hmm. and now they both look at each other and realize like, all right, we're we're, we're going to push this off for as long as possible, sure. or one of the two is going to take an action to cut off the other one mm-hmm. before you get to that point. Like I always but think, even and. and I, I think I would have been fine with less characters dying if there were moments like that in the battle. I think that's uh, – I don't know that I specifically needed characters to die, I think. But I I, I, I don't know. They they spent the past two episodes being like, hey, you know, here's kind of where everyone's at. Here's a, here's the new conflict with Daenerys and Jon. Like, we're about to do this big battle, so, like, be ready for stuff to happen in the battle. And I kind of almost thought – some of some they everyone did a good job of leaving the baggage at home, right? There was not like Danny looking at John while they're on the dragon, being like, "Oh, I could, like, yeah. I got this. I can do it myself." Yeah, like there was not there even just those little moments. I think would have helped save the blood. But also, I, I I do I do think that there's no reason with three episodes left when we mm-hmm. built up the the threat of the undead. For so long, like like right. they, like that, this was the it's undeads. Kind of crazy. They, like this is the undeads episode, and and, sure. and the one thing I will say is a valid criticism is that I'm sure in the books everything will not be wrapped up in one battle. It will be more like a traditional battle where they're like mm-hmm. trying to hold forts to An the extended north, campaign. like yeah. yeah, and then it's only when. Like there is a, a breakthrough in in the flank that Winterfell is ever even set upon. They're not like, all right, we're all gonna wait here for this one climactic. Battle. Have uh, are you? I have not read the books. Have you read the books? I have. My understanding is the Night King is not even in the books, or he no. is like talked about. Yeah, but he's not like he, no, no, he's not a, a singular guy in yeah. the way that he is in 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 the show. But there um, is the the persistent. 
mm-hmm. uh, presence of the undead. And, I see. And there's like enough to understand. That. Okay. Because my understanding was that it was not a thing, and I have not read the book, so I thought, oh, okay. Because it, it makes me look at the all of the Night King stuff in the in the show, and go, what what is the ultimate goal here? Like, I can look at I can look at any of the the main characters and the main family dynasties and go, okay, these are what they're trying to accomplish. Everyone's trying to get power, yeah. and these are sort of their general means of of doing so, right? Um, and with the Night King. You know, I think partially because Bran doesn't get fleshed out as being God well enough, uh, I kind of don't it, – it, it makes having a huge battle with an enemy you still don't even understand. It, it, and and that feels a little adrift. I like, think, what yeah, is, what, uh, he, is, he is a little bit serial killer villain. Right. Right, because it's like you don't quite get who he is, but he knows who you are, and mm-hmm. he is and he's coming to skilled. kill you. Right. Like right now. And he right. knows what your weaknesses are. He knows what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. And you don't know shit about ass when it comes to this dude. Right. And, and then they, they wind up getting him. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I, I can, I can understand to me, the more valid criticism <laughs> is the night King. Like, I guess maybe we'll get some like further explanation as to who he is and what this is all about. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily bank on it. I don't. Yeah. I don't expect it. Uh, but that I get. I, I get that criticism. Yeah. What I don't get is like, <laughs> no. I, if Brienne died, I would yeah. have liked the episode. If John I, died, I would have liked the episode. I would have liked if either of those things happened. I'll but say I that. don't know. I mean, you're taking <laughs> like I know, I know. And you're you know taking what? I, shit off the I table. Know, know, you're taking you're taking interesting things that can happen off the table. Yes, sure. I, 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 I and we want interesting and, things to happen in and, the final three episodes, right? And I and like, like, like George R. R. Martin made a joke <laughs> that in the next book, all the main characters are going to die, and the final book will just be descriptions of wind blowing over their graves. <laughs> like, like that. It feels like that's what people really want in the final two episodes. It's we're so close to the finish line, and so I think we're we're kind of expecting. I it, we're, we're the the. Tender around the show is right. There's going to be a winner of the Game of Thrones, right? Even the Reddit. The well, big especially Reddit now, now, mm-hmm. like we know now that the point of the show is the throne. Game of Thrones. Game, the Game of the Someone's going to sit on the throne. Right. That's the end of the show. Like initially, my thought was like, no, this is a story about, uh, uh about uh, the fall of an empire. Right. And that like the Night King is going to come down, and eventually this the Cersei is going to be forced. To kind of work with the the combined army mm-hmm. and the Night King's gonna win, and this is gonna be about like in history books, it's like, and that's when uh, the modern capital of Dorne was established, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Humanity rebuilt itself, exactly, right after after the scourge of the the Night King. Yeah, and so I think the tenor around it is like, okay, it's it's final four time. We're gonna we're gonna start. Let's clear them out. Let's let's start semifinals right now, and. I guess that's that's certainly not the purpose of fighting off the Night King. Um, you know, the Night King is out to kill everyone, and and certainly that <laughs> that kind of doesn't even play into the game of thr- the actual game itself. Uh, outside of making certain certain factions actually fight him, but I want to play. I'm ready to play the game. Yeah, right. We're like, we're in it. The, we are playing the Game of Thrones. 
Let's play. Who needs to die by the end of the se- the series for you? Who needs to die? By like, the give end? me, give me your needs to die list. Needs to die. Okay. Um, or at least five people, and then tell me how many of those five. <laughs> like, just a number. What out of five? Uh, Cersei definitely has to die. Okay. Um, I think Arya is. Arya's win in the Battle of Winterfell is too good not to have a a tragic ending for a young hero. I think I think she is perfectly poised for us to be sad about her dying. So I think I think probably Arya, um, Jaime and and Tyrion are both going to be killed by the hand of Cersei or by the immediate actions of Cersei. See now you're already writing your own fan fiction. I'm just I, asking you <laughs> who needs to die. I'm giving you my I'm By the I'm way, did you see little... did you see the Ryan Johnson tweet? No, uh, what was that? Ryan of course the director and writer of uh The Last Jedi uh just as soon as the episode was over said, "Damn, I had a really great Night King theory." <laughs> Well, that's uh, after after he just got <laughs> savage for killing characters in Star Wars yeah. that apparently he wasn't supposed to kill because oh. people had too many theories. I think I, I think Game of Thrones is such an interesting story because we it broke out of the mold and has let us go think. But wildly. here's the thing: I'm, five <laughs> seconds ago, you're like, "I'm sorry, I was conditioned." Uh, to expect the unexpected, yeah. and then you're like, I'll be upset if the following things don't happen in this I- I- interaction that I- I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you're saying Jamie, Jamie Tyrion, Tyrion, Cersei, Cersei Arya, Arya, and John and Danny at six. I think just I think just John. I think Danny. I think Danny's gonna win. Okay. I think I well, talked myself into Danny. Then winning. five. You have five. five. How many of those? Let's assume five makes you the most happy. Sure. You bloodthirsty monster. <laughs> How many makes you upset? If it falls below three and a half? <laughs> if if it's only one of the five. If it's only one, maybe two of the five, I would be upset. Okay. Because I would, if it's three, you're fine. If it's three or more, I'm fine. Yeah. Because at least then, if this is a bloodthirsty game, then let's get some blood. Right? That's got to be is the it, end of it. Is that the, the point? This, <laughs> The point is the blood. Uh, well, you fucking vampire. It's the, ah, it's the Iron Throne, right? It's, yeah. It's it's you win or blood you has iron in it. <laughs> All right, That's let's right. go ahead and let's go ahead and get to the news. Uh, hey, uh, have you ever been to Coachella, Bryce? I have not. But Would I've you l- like to go to Coachella? Sure. Well, uh, how about this one? Gabby Hanna, the Instagram influencer. Are you familiar with Gabby? Oh, I think I've heard the name before. I don't know her, by, I don't know her specifically, but I think I've heard the name. Uh, well, she had a lot of fun there. Okay. At least uh, that's what she let nearly her 4 million Instagram followers believe <gasps> because the American YouTube star did not attend the festival. Wait, what? Photos in front of the famous ferry wheel, Insta story posts from the concerts of the biggest acts, and gaudy outfits. The YouTuber influencer Gabby Hanna served every social media stereotype of the typical Coachella Instagrammer. Except for one thing, she wasn't there. She didn't even go? She admitted it. Oops, (gasps) I faked it all. Go check the video on how I pretended to go to Coachella up Uh, now. mm. Photoshopped by this guy. You thought my yellow hair was over. I'm coloring, yada, yada, yada. Side note, if you're somebody who isn't familiar with wigs, a day-long music festival in 95-degree heat is not the place to give it a go. Learn from my mistakes, children. So 
uh, I uh, we okay. That's that's certainly a publicity stunt. Right. I mean, that's that's part of why they ask influencers to go is yeah. to get people to have some FOMO and, and maybe check out the next weekend because they're all two weekends long now. Yeah. Um, but because because originally I was thinking, well, if she was invited, why wouldn't she go? But I guess if she wasn't invited, that's a fun that's a fun trick to play on people. To sure. Prank. Well, it, I mean, it's a bro. video. Right. Uh, yeah. So is she so also she, a she's like, she's, a, she's a, a vlogger apparently. Uh, uh, instead of posting photos and videos from friends and Photoshop, she pretended to be part of the mega festival for her vlog. Mm -hmm. She documented the action with uh, what she uh, wants to make people aware is the illusionary world of social media. Hmm. Interesting. I would be interested to see what how how good those photoshops look, if only because. Uh, it's we are becoming more and more keen of of these sorts of photoshops and forgeries and imagery. Oh, so you wonder whether or not she was being called out or like deleting comments that were like this shit's fake? Or I would just want to see how how successful how good the the photoshop was compared to uh, clearly I guess fooling most of her audience, right? That's a lot that's a lot of millions of people to fool and not immediately get caught. All right. right so I'm sending you the I'm sending you the, the the article that I'm reading right now that has at least one of the pictures, a, a before and after of where it was shot versus what appeared on her Instagram. She was quoted, how easy it is to fake things on social media. I know a lot of people look at people on Instagram and social media and they think, wow, their life is impossibly perfect. So much of it is fake. So much of it is just photo manipulation and setting things up to look a certain way, explains Gabby in her video. Okay, so like this in this before and after, she's like, at a beach on a railing, but they've replaced the background with some palm trees to make it look like Coachella. Coachella. But it's still her taking the like Instagrammer influencer kind of shot with like, mm -hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, ass pouting out and like stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, it's still a cute shot. Right. You can definitely, t once you can definitely tell the lighting's not quite right but coachella because because there are especially for vips and influencers there are special there are parts weird of different it areas yeah where like you, would, you could you get for shade sure. right you could get shade or diffused light next to a background with harsh lighting that that this is an this this one is an all right um photoshop i man i i don't know that you get too many tries at this but this is like this is a good this feels like a fun idea good prank bro this feels like a good prank bro <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about this are you uh, oh i think it's great i yeah. mean like uh, look number one uh, i think we if there's one thing that both you and i can understand mm -hmm. is that the search for content hashtag content ah! is unending yes so anytime that you have any idea for content, i'm very forgiving of people having a dumb idea for content and having it play out and if it succeeds mm -hmm. Mazel tov. Like, 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 good for you. I'm glad that it succeeded because we're all out here trying to fill a lot of different content holes. Yeah. Well, and as we get close to, you know, more machine learning. Literally, software, her story is filling a content hole right now. <laughs> but as as we get closer, we talk about this a lot on weird things of of machine learning becoming closer and closer to consumer grade software. Yeah. And. At some point, you could make a, you know, if this was, if this is the idea, it, it, we are not many years away from saying, here are photos of me. Here are photos of what it looks like when people are at Coachella. Do make, make content for me. Yeah. Go and make these, like synthesize. Don't even, 
don't even need me for photoshopping it. Just put me in some clothes. Yeah. Um, that's that will be an interesting time. I feel like I don't know. I've I've I always mean, I've always, I've always felt that like we were gonna adjust it. All right, let's go ahead and get into emails. You can always email us, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. Brian writes, I'm not expecting for people to die for no reason. I'm expecting characters to either live or die based on the situation in which they find themselves. The issue with season eight, episode three, is characters are put in situations where we would expect them to die, but instead they live. Had the writers and directors not put the characters against insurmountable odds, we would be happier with the episode if it helps them a 30-year-old white male. Oops. You mean like that time that Tyrion got uh, uh, chopped in the face with a sword? Yeah, it happened. Season know. one or two. That's Battle of Blackwater. Okay. Yeah, he gets chopped in the face with a sword. It just does You would think that that wouldn't that he wouldn't uh, uh survive that. He came out with a fucking very like not a, a sub Omar in the wire level scar. <laughs> it just it does feel like plot armor. When you put all the, when you spend 7 8 seasons putting the Starks, all the Stark kids away from each other and you put them all together in one battle and all of them survive, that that math doesn't add up, homie. But again, I mean, <laughs> how many people died in these in the battles? In the battles, nobody died. Uh, I mean, who died in the Battle of Blackwater? Uh, that you I, cared I about? Don't remember that you cared battle. about? Who died? Who died in the Battle of the Bastards? I don't remember that. Oh, battle either. yeah, <laughs> the bad guy died. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Because not even Stannis died in the Battle of Blackwater. I'm. I'm also gonna. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't remember a lot of Game of Thrones oh, characters. Oh, look at that. <laughs> James writes, I'm summoning my inner GOT nerd for a snow a show theory. I've been thinking a lot about uh, episode three and the character deaths that did or didn't happen. My theory on why people wanted more different people to die in that show for it to be enjoyable is all about stakes. Game of Thrones has set up stakes that people can die doing dangerous things. Major character have died during battles, name one, and for making dangerous decisions. That'll give you. the uh, This heightens the suspense more than in traditional storytelling where you know a hero will always survive. In an episode with all the hype and deaths surrounding unnamed people to have the survival of nearly all the characters seems like it didn't uh, fulfill the precedent they have established, except for the battles. Watch your show. Uh, if part See, of this, this is the problem. I don't have. I don't remember Game of Thrones well enough to to engage in this. Yeah, so maybe you should shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> if part of what makes Game of Thrones great is that the characters you love can die because the world is dangerous, then there's a very dangerous episode, and no one you love dies. Then it's breaking part of the show that people love. I think that this is killed. Uh, if they had killed top level characters, regardless. If it is one that someone that had their uh, theory storyline, people would have complained because it would be consistent with their expectations. I actually disagree. I think that people would have bitched no matter what, and the problem is that we are out of show. That's mm. why people are complaining. People are complaining because there ain't no more show left, and so anything that doesn't happen sure. can't be fixed. Won't happen. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're officially getting to the end of everybody's fan theories, and that's why everybody is so goddamn tight about it. Mm. Uh, Ken writes, I think people have wanted to see their heroes die since the beginning of storytelling. People want to know that uh, their favorite characters finish well. The final phrase in Joseph Campbell's Monmouth cycle is the return. Any character popular enough to get multiple sequels one day must complete that overarching cycle that makes the ultimate return. In short, serialized fiction equals death. 
I also think lately there's an overall emotional trend that's contributing to the mass murdering of main characters. I believe it's similar to the 70s and early 80s that seemed uh, every children's movie was specifically made to make children cry. Then came, then came the wave of carefree, over-the-top action in the mid-80s and late-90s. We ought to be on the lookout for an old Yeller reboot. Follow our Morgulis. Wow. All right. I think we have time for uh, one that has nothing to do with this. Okay. Uh, I, uh, when I was in Vegas over the weekend, sure. uh, Mitsula and I went to a barbecue all-you-can-eat brunch oh. in the Palms. Wow. Next time you're out, put it on the list. Okay. Uh, but when we were like totally just out of room in our stomachs, the waiter comes over and says, oh, I don't want dessert. Well, you can do French toast. We got French toast on the menu because it was all you can eat. And I'm like, yeah, homie, that doesn't get have meat on it. And then he's like, oh, I can throw some brisket on top. And we're like, what? And he's like, oh, I was joking. And I'm like, well, I'm not now. Right. Bring out French toast with brisket on top. So we had it. Fine room. It was Delish. So was this French toast with, with, with syrup, syrup and sugar? chocolate syrup? Oh, and confectionery sugar. Ooh, okay, and how sliced much bananas? Are we talking and bananas? Ooh, how much brisket are we talking about? We're talking like about like open face sandwich or less. No, it was like in strips basically. So it was like I okay. cut. A, so it was like one big strip over two uh, uh, French toast slices. Okay, but you were getting brisket with every bite. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That sounds uh, that sounds very good and very bad for you. I don't, I don't, I'm not like a calorie, you know, carbs person. Yeah, that sounds very bad for you. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. But it was delicious. It was it, it melted way more than I thought it was going to. Uh, I thought it was just stunt food. Was it? Was it? Was it a saucy brisket? No, because if if you had it was like a fairly, sweet sauce. it was fairly dry. Okay, like See, uh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. The the brisket was moist. But there was not a lot of sauce on it. Right now, it had like the rind of of the seasoning on right. the end of it, but but it was not very sauced. I see, I see, I see. All right, Sean writes all this brisket waffle talk. It's brisket French toast. French a, toast. a bunch of people said waffle. Maybe not... I said waffle in an earlier show. Oh, I had leftover waffle and a half brought in my fridge this morning. I blame you for this. <gasps> Update: I added a bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. Not bad, sir. Uh... I'm now looking at this here. Hold on. I'm going to toss this to you, this picture. Bryce, give me your reaction. Oh, my Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It, whoa. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't help that it's, you know, it's a sliced sausage, so you see all the innards of it. It looks like a pizza. It it definitely (laughs) looks like the worst, like, thirst pizza you could design. (laughs) But also, I could, I could, I could fuck with this. Could you? Could you I, I would try meat on sweet confectionery stuff. That's that's the the new. That's the the choice of a new generation. Uh, Bryce, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brycus B R Y C A S, or check out my show Trending Lemon TrendingLemon.com. We just had, we just recorded an episode with Jury that'll come out later this week. Yeah. So uh, so so subscribe now. Check it out. And I will be on that show again very soon. Very soon. We want to thank our producers: the Gen, PD Rave, Non-Specific Rock and Roll, Martian, Joe Acosta, Will, James, the OG Brito, Will, and Chris. If you want to email us, it is jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord. A big shout-out to the man who brought us our jury story today. That is another Jay Martin. Uh, and 
Friends, if you want to support the show, then head on over to PayJuryDaily.com. That brings you to the Patreon. Friends, until tomorrow, our last episode from Austin. This is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, reminding you to please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. And more importantly, please don't. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>